This is exactly right. Hello. Hi, Scotty. Hey, Curdy B. You ready? Oh, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh at this episode. Well, this that, <laughs> this title Uh-oh. isn't a laugher, but okay. honestly, I think it's the most amazing thing I've ever read. So I'm starting the show with it. Here it is. Okay. Eastern philosophy says there is no self. Science agrees. There's no self. There is no self, Sadi, so say goodbye. Okay. Well, I don't know what that means, so let's just get into it on a very selfless episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Hi, I'm Kurt Brownoller. That is Kurt Brownoller, great stand-up comedian, great writer, all-around great person, and a fun dad. And I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Best Curdy screenwriter B. in the biz, best friend, best guy. Uh, really a, a fantastic sign maker for both, uh, for both hills and for benches. Absolutely true. Curdy B, do we have any shows to announce before we get to our great guest are you kidding me we got so many first and foremost too many probably yeah too many we got splitty (laughs) in the city that's the most important one okay that's for charity it's a 1k downhill non-race where you come dressed as a banana and then we do a podcast afterwards it's in Mm -hmm. los angeles it's happening july 29th okay we're gonna be starting at frogtown brewery at 2 p.m get drunk get drunk and then we'll have a a race that's more like a slow parade to the Elysian Theater where we will do a live (laughs) podcast recording at 4 p.m. So just get tickets for that because all the proceeds go to L.A. Food Bank. Right, Scotty? Yeah, we're more. We are well more than um, halfway sold out. We're about three quarters sold out. So jump on them, and we'll see y'all there. There are a lot of familiar faces. It's very nice. We all hang out. We take pictures. It's very fun. Scotty and Albie in Raleigh, and in Atlanta in late in September, September 23rd mm. and September 24th. So get tickets for those. Everything Bananas is on, live. on Instagram, and then everybody else. Just for me personally, I'm in. I'm in uh, Brooklyn. I'm in Cleveland. Mm. I'm Boom. in. Worcester, Mass. All right, in late August. Then I'm in Raleigh, and uh, I think that's it. That's a lot, but that's, that's okay. We're we're getting out there because we were trapped inside three years ago, and we're ready to have fun again. Anyways, I just like killing the the environment with flights. That's yep. the reason I became a comedian <laughs> is I wanted yes. to have the as big a carbon footprint as possible. That's right. Yep. Well. I, there's no segue from that, so I'll no. just jump into our intro. Our guest today has been on the cover of both God's Chosen One magazine and Incredible Talents Monthly. <laughs> She's also a hilarious actor and writer who you've seen on shows like The Righteous Gemstones, Killing It with Craig Robinson, funny dude, and the mega holiday hit movie Spirited, which everybody I've ever met watched with their family last Christmas. It's such a good movie. It's so good. And more importantly, also at the Elysian Theater on July 23rd, her solo show, Quit While I'm Behind. I'm going. Curdy B, you should join me. I'll Welcome walk to over. Bananas for the first time, the wonderful and resplendent Lily Sullivan. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> Honor to be here. here. Welcome to Bananas. And you don't have a sense of self, so it's a perfect no. guest for today's episode. <laughs> I'm completely selfless. <laughs> That's oh, perfect. That's really true. That fits yeah. this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, um, I never, I'm so generous. <laughs> you really are. You really are. Um, so tell us a tad about your show that's coming up this live Ooh. Um, well, let's see. Uh, basically, the premise of the show is that I'm retiring mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. from acting and oh, from what comedy. A what a dream. And, yeah. Lucky. It's, it's a really beautiful one-hour show. And um, I don't know what else to say without giving too much away. I do some characters. No there's some really flattering photos of me in the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The list goes on. I, <laughs> I highly recommend. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Great fiddle, fiddle fig, fiddle fig leaf, fiddle fiddle leaf, fig leaf, fiddle, fiddle leaf. leaf. What is you it know just what fiddle this leaf? Fiddle leaf. Okay, fiddle leaf Love plant. It. I love it. It's great. She it was dying, and then I learned tree in the back. Yeah, I learned a tip that you use coffee on your fiddle leaf, and oh, it yes. like revives it. And look at it now, I, like all the time, or just a little bit. Just a little bit here and there, you know, a little touch of coffee in the water, and Six she's glowing. Yeah, <laughs> she really is. I can. We can never keep ours alive. So congratulations on that. Thank yeah. you so much. When I was a, a young man, I lived in Atlanta and I waited brunches at a now gone restaurant called Huey's. And on my first shift, I they were like, hey, so this is how the waiter's set up for brunch. Like, here's the coffee station. Do a bunch of do one decaf and a chicory and a blah, blah, blah. But then they were like, and then we do an unsweet tea and a sweet tea. And it's these like five gallon urns. And so they were like, so go ahead and make the teas, and then I'll come back around and show you the rest of the stuff. I'm like, no problem. I'd done it before. So I make those giant tea bags in a giant urn. And I was like, okay, here. I was like, how much sugar do I have to put in the sweet tea? And the guy goes, uh, six or seven mugs. And I go, six mugs? Seven mugs? So we would take coffee mugs and wow. dry storage and put six or seven no. mugs of sugar in, Absolutely the, in the sweet not. tea. Your teeth would rattle. It was six insane. or seven mugs, not cups. Yeah, well, mugs. if you don't want the sweet tea, get the unsweet tea, guys. <laughs> that's why it's there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like fourteen cups of sugar. I bet it was there's got to be like two cups in a mug, right? That's yes. insanity. Nobody ever said it wasn't sweet enough, which is probably what they were going for. But people would often say, can I get a half and half? Like half unsweet, yeah. half sweet, because it was, I mean, hummingbirds Unhinged. were just crashing into all the windows, just <laughs> screaming. And when, oh, my a God. hummingbird screams very surprisingly loud. <laughs> God, I wish that was true. Nature God. isn't perfect. We're still it's evolving. Not. Oh, God. Jeez. So anyways, Curtie B, tell us a little bit about this this sort of depressing but maybe freeing story. I think it's actually freeing, guys. Okay. I think it's really freeing. I think it's the biggest discovery that no one's talking about. Now, we know <laughs> bananas. We're talking about strange, weird news. I think this is weird. Usually our Definitely news weird. focuses on being funny. This is not funny <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. We'll I've just been obsessively thinking about it and trying mm. to convince my wife that it's important. And she does not care. <laughs> and so I need someone to care. Someone who's listening to I this care. will identify with the I story. already care. Okay, great. Lily's I'm so happy. 
Like 100%. I support you. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> yes. See, she's that selfless. <laughs> this I really was, am. <laughs> this was uh, delivered to me uh, via algorithm uh, on Instagram from a uh, an Instagram called The Big Think. And it's a website. Okay. And it's like all philosophy stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, on The Big Think in June 9th, 2023. That's so new. not long ago. And um, it's it, the title is Eastern Philosophy Says There Is No Self, Science Agrees. And this was written by Chris Niebauer or Ooh. Niebauer. Ooh. Ooh, either way. Best in the <laughs> biz. Really great writer. Really mm. great. Um, <laughs> so here is what... So this is an incredibly uh, long article. Okay. Uh, that is far too long for me to read to you. And oh, please is. read the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> word for word. Um, the whole yes. article ba- basically breaks it down. Like, f- like in Western thought, what we think of is we think like literally. I think, therefore, I am right. Mm-hmm. That we have a se- we we are a thing, a person, a thinking thing that yes. is like somehow different from our body and and from our mind. Like it's us, right? Okay. And then Eastern philosophy says, like, there is no self. And simply thinking that you have a self is just making you suffer more. And so mm-hmm. what we need to do is we need to meditate and, re- like, remove that voice from our mind so that we can just wow. be, right? So that the wow, self yeah. is like this ego voice that's always kind of narrating our experiences. So they did this experiment with uh, people who had epilepsy. And so we have the left sphere and the right sphere of our brain, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they are connected uh, in the middle with these, this structure that connects mm-hmm. the left brain and the right, he- the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of the brain. Great. And so, you know, like the right eye, everything on your right side of your body is controlled by the left hemisphere and everything on your left side is controlled by the right side. Crazy. So in um, people who had epileptic seizures, what they did was they went into their brain and they cut all of the connecting tissue between the two hemispheres of the brain. And Seems it, risky. And it turned 100%. <laughs> and this was in 1981, but the guy won a Nobel Prize oh, for it. I'm but scared. It <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it did work. It did work. It did reduce seizures in these wow. um, epilepsy patients. Okay. Um, but, and, and also, it turns out that your two, the two hemispheres of your brain can function independently. They just kind of like, they compensate for not being connected and having access to each other's information. Yes. But what that meant is they could do this fucking crazy experiment. So they would close the eye of this person okay. and so only uh, only have it on their left eye. Mm-hmm. They would give the right brain direction like okay. laugh or walk over there, right? Mm-hmm. So so the left brain is the not getting this information, only the right brain. So then the person would laugh. And then on the other side, they would cover the eye and then put uh, like written down showing to the right side of the the, the right eye, i.e. the left side of the brain. Yes. Why were you laughing? And then that person would just very confidently make up a reason that was not real. Uh, They'd be like, well, it's so crazy that you guys just keep coming over here and testing us all the time. It's like very silly. So yeah, I think it's funny. And they were convinced that that was the reason they were laughing. Or if they said, walk over there, 
Um, then they asked, why did you walk over there? They'd be like, well, because I needed to get this. And it's like, it's not true. The reason they walked over there was because they were told to. The reason they laughed was because they were told to. So what they've discovered is that that voice that's in our head, that's always constantly narrating that we identify kind of with our sense of who we are and ourself yeah. is yeah. literally just a piece of our left hemisphere that is good at writing stories. Mm. And that, we, and that, and most importantly, that they are it's very, very often totally wrong. It has yep. interpreted reality incorrectly. That makes a lot of sense. And it has convinced you that something is real, that it is not real. And that is what we think of as the self. And I think wow. that that is like mind-blowing. And here's what here's what they say here. So um, Gazinga determined the left side of the brain center set, creates explanations and reasons to help make sense of what is going on around us. The left brain acts as an interpreter for reality. Furthermore, Gazinga, which is so close to Gazinga, found that this <laughs> interpreter, as in the examples mentioned, is often completely and totally wrong. This finding should have rocked the world, but most people haven't even heard of it. Think about the significance of this for a moment. The left brain was simply making up interpretations or stories for events that were happening in a way that made sense to that side of the brain, or as if it had directed the action. Neither of these explanations were true, but that was an unimportant to the interpretive mind, which was convinced that its explanations were the correct ones. It's yeah. just amazing. As, anyway, wow. this is what I've been like obsessed with for the last week. I've talked far too long. Please, let's make this funny somehow. <laughs> well, I remember hearing like this. There was another study or apparently that went around that said it, it, like a surprisingly large percentage of people don't have that internal monologue. Yes. What? At all. We talked and about so this. There are people just walking around with no internal monologue at all. And I'm shocked because literally all day long, whatever that voice is, is like hyperactive in me. Like, yeah making up stories like people are mad at me it's you a know. nightmare it's, it's a nightmare, nightmare. i can't it's escape why it all performers and writers it's because you have this running dialogue in your yes. head of everything not just me what everybody else is up to it's it's such uh, yes i've read that too i mentioned on the episode last time kurt's wife lauren was on because it's something it's almost like 30 percent. i think it was yeah like it's really high percent of people have nothing going on and like 30 percent that's uh, amazing. Just, they don't have the inner like when you when you and I are driving to the grocery store, we're like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to run into so and so. I should swing by and call Kurt. I should do all these things. Twenty four to thirty percent of people are just going grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like no, <laughs> no story, no nothing. Just like I I'm shocked. I don't understand how they live their lives. Like it must be so easy. It must be really is pleasant. Also, it is interesting, too, that all of us are like storytellers or performers yes. in some way, because right. that overactive part of being able to tell a story is also the part that drives you crazy all the rest of the time when you're not telling a story, because it's it yep. can't stop telling stories, even if they're just fucking not true at all. 100%. This is cool. I could see why you're so fascinated <laughs> by this, but I, it also reminds me, so I'm like wrapping up this road trip and I've been driving in and out of a lot of different states and some have helmet laws for motorcycles and some don't. <laughs> uh -huh. And there is a thing with non-helmet laws. Like when you hear something like this, it actually makes me go like, all right, guys, go for it. Like, yeah. There, there's not as much going on as you think anyway, so wreck that brain. If that if that brain meat goes, 
That is your call, bud. Like, yeah, exactly, geez. exactly. I'm always going to wear a helmet, but if you're not going to, doesn't matter. Yes. I, yep. I love that. Did we ever do that story? That story that um, it was a lawyer who who his whole life had fought against helmet laws. Yes, and then uh, died in a motorcycle accident. <laughs> no, yes, no. Classic. He was like legendary in trying to fight oh, helmet laws in no. all these different states. <laughs> Well, it's so you know, stupid. You dance with the girl you came with, and yeah. that is the big <laughs> takeaway. But that is interesting that it's like, uh, I, I, because it makes you wonder what the hell any of us are ever thinking about ever if it is just our storytelling brain just completely making these wild guesses. Yeah. And right. then every single person on TV now, every show is a debating show, whether it's news or sports or politics or whatever, everybody's just debating. And then if you step back and you look at those people, you're like, you guys are so full of shit. Yeah. Your your left yes. brain is just cranking out what you think is right and yeah. your right brain helped you tie your tie. 100%. Interesting. I also, I have, a, I have a new joke that I wrote maybe a month or so ago. Hell yeah. But it's all about <laughs> therapy, right? Which was like... Like the basis of the joke is, I'll just tell you it in, in very short pieces, like another person is unknowable to you, right? Like you can never know what that other person's <laughs> yes. thinking. Yeah. And yourself is also unknowable to you in some yes. way, as I've learned from going to therapy. Like I'll go into therapy thinking like, oh, I know why I did this thing. Right. And then an hour later, I'm like, I did it for completely other reasons. <laughs> yes. And then the punchline is, and so that's why I think it's okay to black out. Like you can just like <laughs> let that other guy drive for a while, you know. Like he's in charge; he's doing it all anyway. Just take the the governor off. Let him go for it. He seems uh, to be keeping you alive pretty well up until this point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Also, yeah. I was thinking about. Have you guys heard of Dunning Kruger effect? Of course. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. You know, it reminds me a Tell lot of people like, about like a, it. Those who don't know about it. Those who don't know, I mean, my understanding of it is essentially uh, you have a false sense of confidence that you could do something because yes. you're you do not understand how hard doing that thing would be. So, like when you watch yes. the Olympics, maybe or something, you, you know, you'd be like, "I could do that," or like that part doesn't seem so hard. <laughs> but actually, it's like if you actually tried, you'd realize how incredibly hard it is. Um, yes. And I, I think if a lot of people have that with comedy. There's like a Dunning Kruger thing going on where they're like, "Well, I could, like, I could be a comedian." And I've had a lot of friends say that to me that are like not in the business at all. And I'm like, "You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. It's <laughs> yeah. so much harder if you actually try it." But no one will try. But the no, it's true. It's true. And I know I, I have it with stuff too, but I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell yeah, you what it overestimate. is. Overestimate. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. did a thing two or three years ago, first year on the podcast for sure, where it was Brits versus Americans, what size animal they think they could beat in a fight. And the Americans <laughs> thought they could beat wolves. Some thought they could beat bears. And you're like, you no. lost. The Brits were just like, no. It was like mouse, yes, cat, maybe dog, no. And then <laughs> Americans were like... <laughs> I mean, we were up to like Wooly Mammoth where they're like, no. give, me, give me a fighting chance. Give me a baseball. <laughs> no. Leave me a Louisville slugger. But oh. yes, it's overestimating what you think you know or what you think you can do, which is but it's interesting. the American dream. Also, Americans, I feel like, though, like they they're a lot in a lot of parts of the country. It's like it's better to be like proudly stupid than to like try to like learn anything. Absolutely. So it's like mentally you want to be like 
confident in how dumb you are and be like, that's mm-hmm. actually the better route. But like physically, mm-hmm. we all think of ourselves as like the strongest people ever. <laughs> yes. Not me, but yeah. No, yeah. not me. I'm, I think of myself as weak in both categories, but. <laughs> I feel the same way. All right, let's switch gears. Yeah, please. This one was sent in by BB Brizzy. Thank you, BB Brizzy. BB Brizzy. Lily, you, you've been married. Did you have a wedding? I did have a wedding, yes. Was, it was... Was it awesome? <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty expensive, but it was yes. good. It was worth it. Okay, good. <laughs> so this is... Uh, the reason I ask is this this has been breaking the internet, guys. Just breaking it in, into smithereens. Um, I saw this on Reddit, on the subreddit, Am I the Asshole? But mm-hmm. then it made it... It made the rounds. And so what I'm reading is from BuzzFeed, written by that that cool swinging BuzzFeed staff that didn't want their name on this. Um, <laughs> this wedding guest confronted the bride and groom about the lack of alcohol and was asked to leave. He wants to know if what he did was wrong. Okay. That's right. the setup. Okay. Here's the Reddit mm. post. So this is from the person who went to the wedding. One of my, he's a 35 year old male best friends. who's a 34 year old male got married last week. He drinks alcohol, and our friend group will meet up at breweries a few times a month to hang out. His fiance, who is now his wife, does not drink. It has never been a part of her life. So my wife and I got a hotel room uh, by the reception space and Ubered to the wedding. The ceremony occurs. We go to what is supposed to be the cocktail hour, and there was just soda and water. No alcohol. This was something... Uh, this was not something we knew about ahead of time. There was a palpable buzz among our friend group about the lack of booze. A lot of us had spent money on hotel rooms and Ubering, anticipating drinking. I'm kind of pissed. The bride and groom come to the cocktail hour, and everybody cheers. And when the bride and groom come around to mingle with us, I say, where's the booze? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of subtext to this. Like, that. By the end of this thing, you go, this guy and this bride, then fiance, were not seeing eye to eye. Uh Um, Before this, I mean. His new wife chimes in saying her family does not drink and they were paying for the wedding, thus no alcohol. I tell them we should have at least been told that ahead of time. Well, I he does this I, at to her at the wedding. This is not the place for this. At the reception. This. <laughs> this is not the place for this. Yeah. At, it's so funny because this person wrote this. Like, they really didn't <laughs> see what was wrong. I mean, just look, the, like, it is, they should have been informed 100%. Yes. So yes, that yes. everyone can bring a flask. Yes. But, like, but to do it at the reception is really, really funny. It's not. To the bride. To the, to the, to bride. the bride. Do it yeah. to your buddy. Talk to yeah. your yes. buddy about it. Yes. Or don't. Or just yeah. don't even talk to anybody about it. Or just it. go leave someone around to a 7-Eleven, yes. buy a flask, and spike your drinks all night kind of thing. Exactly. Be a leader. What you're saying, Lily, is be a leader. Yeah. You be, got a long time. Be your own hero. Mm-hmm. You got hours to take a cab to a liquor store, come back with a flask in your pants, and 100%. then unzip it, and then that's you pour it into drinks by unzipping your pants, okay? Your crotch, yeah. That's the only way to refill it. <laughs> And then the family will be like, oh, cool. This is why we don't do this. Okay, I mean, so this is so funny. Oh, so there's does a it keep bit more. going? Yeah. 
Oh it my goes God. two more short paragraphs and they they turn <laughs> the table. Like right now you go, yes, you should tell people. Yeah, yeah. Here's where he goes a little, I think a little off the rails. Uh, I say I had wasted, wasted money on a hotel and Ubering. I would have just driven if I had known or maybe not even come. <laughs> oh, wow. Jesus oh, Christ. Wow. Here we go. To Vicious. say that's even better, the bride does not take my commentary well and implies that I might have a drinking problem. I don't. I only drink with my friends, which is so funny. <laughs> not drinking alone, so I'm totally yeah. clear. Yeah. 30 Everything's beers a night, good. but always yeah. with a friend. I just always binge drink. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the funnels bar. We all hold the funnel for each other, but we're together. Okay. The groom says, I don't need to be such an asshole. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I reiterate yes. that I spent a bunch of money on something I didn't need to. We all did. The bride is pissed at me and asks me to leave. Yeah. From, I yeah. mean, this is, this is so bad. Also, this woman hates this guy. Yeah. Maybe oh, no. rightfully oh. so. My wife He's and I the leave. reason that there's no liquor in the first place. <laughs> yeah, right. They were like, Johnny's coming. Hi, He's going to ruin the wedding. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife and I leave, but it's clear that I touched a nerve. They yeah, leave. I say. So if the they groom said, the calls wedding. you an asshole and the bride says maybe you should leave, <laughs> I think you touched a nerve or two. Just a bit. Just a, just a smidge. In our group chat, friends were mixed on me saying something. My wife said I wasn't wrong, but my timing was wrong. So was I the asshole? <laughs> That's the I mean... Yeah, so, yeah. He, he was an asshole, of course, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But also, People I are. mean, I would agree that they, they needed, obviously, they needed to let your guests know it's a dry wedding, I, especially if you're like half of the people there are used to going to weddings where people get wasted. It's like, sure. Oh, yeah. You can't, you gotta, everyone needs to know what they're getting themselves into. But also, you don't say stuff like that to the bride and groom on the wedding. You just Never. sit there and you suffer and you exactly. go and get wasted afterwards. I had a actually at my wedding this girl that I didn't know she was like a plus one and she did mm-hmm. um she did she talked to me a lot on my wedding day like oh, for boy. being a plus one like came and like cornered me <laughs> oh no <laughs> was talking to me for like ten or fifteen minutes <gasps> and then says to me at the end oh, of the conversation no. that she does um she works at like a plastic surgeon's office and so she nice. was like I just want you to know like. I can get you filler. I can get you lip injections, like, you know, Botox, whatever, like come to me. And I was like, this is like a very strange thing to be saying to me on the day when I'm like supposed to be my most beautiful, (laughs) like as I am. Yes. Like you're, you're telling me what I need to get. And I was just like, I cannot believe how absurd she is. (laughs) And obviously this is no, I mean, go ahead and get all that stuff. If that's what you want. She had very big, big lip injections and everybody <laughs> it was just one of those things where i'm like why is what is going like on but yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> That's a it was point. out of control <laughs> wow had audacity has anybody ever been yeah, to a dry wedding i have i've been to one and i've also been to two cash bar weddings that on the invitation it said uh, reception with cash cash bar. bar right i like a pre pre-ceremony uh, cocktail hour because I've been to a few like driving destination weddings where we all meet up the night before at the hotel and then we always stay too late at the hotel bar. Mm-hmm. 
the mm. chilies across the street. So by the time you roll into that wedding, you're pretty hungover. And that like yeah. cock- the pre-ceremony cocktail hour where everybody has two quick gin and tonics. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. everybody's energy level comes back. Yeah. Everybody, the shakes go away. You're just like, yeah. let's have a nice time. But anyways. Suddenly, people cry during the ceremony. Yeah. yeah. This guy's an You cheer. You, you yell Mazel Tov a little louder. It's great. Um, I wrote on a show. I, Kurt, I might have mentioned this a long, long time ago. But I wrote on a show where two of the writers were in India. We mm-hmm. had two. So we would start at 11 a.m., which was 11 p.m. to our two writers. And we had this great, great woman named Nisha. And so it was starring, it was going to shoot in Mumbai. And uh, it was two Indian-American men that were the creators and going to star in it also. But we had to have a Netflix wanted a Indian wedding episode. Uh And so we were like, hey, we know Indian weddings can go over several days. We know that Mm -hmm. they're really fun and it's these big family events. But then we're like, could somebody take mushrooms or molly at an Indian wedding? And it, I mean, Nisha's like, yeah, that could happen. And we're like, yeah, cool. And I was like, do you know anybody that has done that? She's like, yeah. And then we're like, do people ever get like blackout drunk and dance on the dance floor? And she's like, well, most Indian weddings don't serve alcohol. And wow. we're like, oh, okay. And then she says, but there's always an uncle who brings a car full of alcohol and parks <laughs> it in the parking lot. And everybody takes turns going out to what the English translation is, the car of alcohol. And, <laughs> and you get, you just pretend like you're not doing it. And you go out to that uncle and you drink directly out of the trunk of the car that has every type of booze in it. And then oh you go back in So we work the car of alcohol. And I've, I've since asked many Indian friends if they, and they're like, yes, this is absolutely true. <laughs> oh, there is I a car of alcohol at weddings. That is. So they're not serving it. A beautiful Amazing. tradition. That's a gorgeous, lovely thing. <laughs> Everybody's pitching in. Everybody's contributing. Just, <laughs> oh, what a, what so a nice, that's, that's much healthier than a lot of other wedding traditions I've heard of. Yeah, you know, like, yes. Like the dad giving the girl away. So creepy. So Here's bizarre. my cow. Here's my cow. Let me walk her down and hand her to you. You're the new farmer now. We don't, so I don't want that. I want the uncle with the car of alcohol. That is yeah. my kind of wedding. That's the vibe. Yep. I am um, uh, at my high school a couple years before I started going there, but it was always legend in my high school was the do you guys know Laird's Applejack, the the type of liquor? at Laird's Applejack. No. It was popular in New Jersey. No. It's like a, it's kind of a, a whiskey-ish, but it's made from apples. Mm. And it was made from a, like literally an orchard down the street in Tinton Falls, New Jersey. Cool. And, oh my gosh. Uh, the guy, the son of the guy who owned and ran Laird's Applejack went to my high school. And so he would set up <laughs> <laughs> in the parking lot of the high school, just a Laird's Applejack. No. Just distributorship like every day after school and like high school kids would just come and buy (laughs) bottles of the most disgusting alcohol on the planet and then that's all they drank was Laird's Applejack that (laughs) is so funny from a dad of a kid at the school (laughs) yeah yeah I love that I also, haven't, um, also, we haven't heard of it, so it didn't work. The marketing did not work. Exactly. I'm from yeah. 200 miles away, never heard of it. <laughs> this is a really bizarre thing, but um, you're reminding me of uh, one time I had a friend who he helped me move 
Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. th- and then after that, I was like, anything he asks me for, I'm just going to like say yes. And this was Great when I was living in Chicago. I was like, he really yeah. helped me out. I'm going to help him out. So then he reaches out to me and he's like, hey, do you want to buy some whiskey off of, a, off of a friend of mine? And I was like, yeah, sure. sure. I can do that. <laughs> Whatever you want. And he's like, great. It's like 20 bucks. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and at the time, sure. I'm like, great. And I didn't have um, a car at the time. And he lived yeah. on the way other side of Chicago on the south side. So I took a bus all the way down oh, there to go get the alcohol. And he handed mm-hmm. me a backpack full of Seagram 7s. Like, Great. I'm not kidding. Probably 65 of them. Airplane and so models? The, what? Airplane, they were like one size up, like flask size. Oh, there were, I, For I think 20 it was bucks? like for 20 bucks, like 48 of them. And I had to lug this backpack. And it, like, I'm small. I'm like 5'2". So my knees were like buckling. And I had to get on the bus. And I'm like clanking around with this massive backpack all the way up to no. the north side of Chicago. And then I had the backpack for full of these bottles for like four years. I couldn't get rid of this. I was like, yeah, 7 and 7s had a moment in college, but nobody orders 7 and 7s anymore. No one wants them. Mm-hmm. And also, the, I mean, they were absolutely stolen. Like, it had to yeah. be hot. And this guy's just trying to get rid of them. $20. <laughs> That's how much he was trying to get rid of. Nobody wanted His friends didn't want him either. Yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, exactly. Get me a girl. Get me a woman real small <laughs> that'll come really far to a bad part of town. On the bus. On the bus. Cash only. For 48 <laughs> bottles of Seagram's. Absolutely psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to tease us into a, a break here. Uh, this is a short and simple one that everybody loves. Here it is. Police called to Tattenham Road in fight over duck. Okay. Ah. Okay. We'll be right bananas. back. Bananas. With bananas. Folks, we are back. Scotty, got any shout-outs? I have a buttload, so I'll just do a few to keep it moving. Uh, Made for TV Movie Club is a new podcast with Beth and Casey, and I guess it's doing really well. But Beth wanted to shout-out Casey for recently getting elected to the local school board. She is pushing back against the book banners trying to mess with our public schools, and good for you. Banning books is for huge dorks and losers only. Insane. (laughs) Um, Becca Pitzer... Bought a house. It's over 100 years old, and she's fixing it up and wonders if any of us have any advice for her. No. Okay. (laughs) Um, But congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. Very proud of you. You've done the modern impossible thing in America and Canada, apparently, of buying Mm. a house. Oh, let's pick one more here. Uh, Aviel Lifchitz Siegel. Great name. Is shouting herself out for passing the last day of her radiology residency. Radiology ah. residency. Nice. She says becoming a doctor has taken a year and a half, or uh, it, basically it's taken forever. But the end is in sight. So congratulations to Aviel. That's wonderful. Um, congratulations. Yeah, and I'll hold the other ones for next recording. But you can always send in your shout outs to the Bananas Podcast on gmail.com or the Bananas Podcast on Instagram. And you That's know what, it. folks, we listen. 
We're at 6,907 reviews. Mm. Let's get up to 7,000, and then we'll call it a day. On Apple. We'll call it a day. <laughs> we, ha- we can stop after that. That's a we've, really good number. We've set up a, a, rate, a system where you can rate it. Rate rev, so it's called RateBananas.com, R-A-T-E, Bananas.com, and it'll take you right to where you can rate and review our website on Apple Podcasts. It really does matter. It matters, there folks. You guys don't want to keep it at 6,900? <laughs> it is the funniest number. <laughs> That's the number of fluid ounces you carry back on the train in Seacom 7. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. 7,000 feels like a real it's Proud a lucky number. set. It's lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All right. And we're back with Lily Sullivan. Lily, are you having a lovely time thus far? Oh, the best time. Yes. I'm loving it. Like Thank McDonald's. So. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. I'll try Genius. It. <laughs> Genius. When McDonald's came out with that, I was like, this is dumb. And then no one has stopped saying I'm loving it. And it, that ad has ended 20 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> so this, uh, uh, here it is. It's, oh, um, a duck fight. Yeah, duck fight. Uh, this is from the Daily Echo. Classic. Sounds um, real. Police called to Tattenham Road over fight, in fight over duck. This is by Abigail Kinsella. Ooh. Community reporter. Thank you, she Abigail. Good. Best in the biz. Best in the biz. <laughs> this is short and sweet because my other one was so long. <laughs> Two people <laughs> were spotted fighting in the middle of a pool road over the custody of a duck. <laughs> oh. Wait, a pa- pool road? Pool meaning P O O L E. It's a place oh. in the UK. Boo. Don't ask. No. I don't want to talk about the British. <laughs> uh, passerby, passersby reported seeing a man and a woman wrestling mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Tattenham Road Not at good. around 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Officers were called out. However, by the time they arrived, the duo had left the scene. This is okay. such not a story. This is amazing. <laughs> they, nobody saw it. Uh, a Bournemouth woman who wished to remain unnamed said, quote, they were wrestling on the floor in the middle of the road and trying to get the duck off each other. (laughs) Well, Uh, that's not good. But also, lady, this is name yourself. This is if this is news in your town, name yourself. You saw two people wrestling over a duck. It's you're fine. If you're going to call the ground outside the floor, name yourself. I felt the same way. Also, I'm like, is the duck cooked or is the duck alive? A living duck. Living duck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the next line is confusing. It says, the woman complained about antisocial behavior in the area. Okay. She added, this sounds like it's, this is just an interview with a crazy lady. <laughs> yes. Quote, it's having a massive impact on all of us who live there because mm. obviously some of us have got kids. Even if you don't have kids, that's the last thing you want to be hearing whilst you're trying to go to sleep or just trying to go about your daily business. She is going to sleep at 6.30 p.m. She's she on the ground, the floor. <laughs> she made this up. She made this up. No duck, no wrestling. I'm not buying it. If she didn't put her name in and then makes this statement about her town, <laughs> she could have run for mayor and immediately won. Nope, and, fake. And no wrestling, no duck. No Just wrestling, crazy no lady. Duck. Here's why <laughs> Abigail Kinsella is the best from the Daily Echo. She ends it with, the whereabouts of the duck is unknown. Mm. <laughs> best in the Of best. course it is. Mm. Yeah. Because the duck never existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that's I don't think so. I think this is a person that just has been trying to make a point that there's too many ruffians in her town. So the best she, her left side of her brain could do is make up a very strange story about two people <laughs> rustling over a duck that just leave and calls the road a floor. That's I my guess. Anytime someone's acting out now, I'm just like, that left side was really popping. Their yeah, left side yeah. was really out of sorts. Yeah. yeah, they had a they had a different eye. story. They wrote a different story for themselves. Yep. Scotty, Man. give us another one. Here's a fun one that isn't as fun as I hoped when I read the he- headline. <laughs> and you'll you guys will both feel the same way because when I read this headline, I was like, "Hold on tight, this is about to be amazing." And then you're like, "Okay, this is just kind of strange." Okay. This was sent in by Robert Woodbury, who sent a lot of great stories. Thank, Thank you, you, Robert Bobby. Woodbury. This was on NPR. That's real. Uh, written <laughs> by Ayana Archie, who. When hard-hitting news hits the desks at NPR, they turn to one person. Archie. Ayanna Archie. Because she is the best in the beeswax. <laughs> a woman is found alive and stuck in the mud after a week <laughs> of missing. Okay. All right. I'm interested. This first sentence blows it all up. A woman was found alive in her car. Which was stuck in the mud. Ah, there it is. I oh, thought this God. woman was just stuck in a mud puddle and couldn't get yeah. out. <laughs> just squirming around. I was really hoping for that, too. Me just a full mud bath. Oh, the old bait and switch. A woman, was a, found, a woman was found alive in her car, which was stuck in the mud at a Massachusetts state park. <laughs> oh, man. How many people drove by her? Oh, Man, couldn't just get out of your car and walk. I, there's so many questions. Uh, stuck in the mud at a Massachusetts State Park a week a week after she was reported missing, according to police. What? I know. Hiker spotted Emmy Tatuski stuck in her vehicle at Borderland State Park on Monday and alerted the Easton Police Department. Police made her, their way to her location using all trained vehicles and rescued her. She was conscious and alert and was taken to the hospital for observation, according to the Stoughton Police Department. We thank everybody involved, Stoughton Police say. The public never gave up hope that she would be located safely. She could not have been located without the public's help. So great job, public. You know, you great see job. something, wow. you'll say something. Public Congratulations, you guys. Really selfless. Yes. Was the mud job, up public. over the glass of the car door? Uh, yeah, like... Say. <laughs> this is not best in the biz, Miss Archie. I'm, I'm picturing just like a truck covered in mud, like you know, like a Ford commercial. Like and the she's wheels just in are turned. Stuck. Right. Yes, and she just doesn't know. She's like, it doesn't go, yeah, and then exactly. she just stays seated in the car for seven days. She she's just like, oh, I guess I'm stuck. <laughs> she doesn't want to get them muddy. It's her favorite pair of socks. She's got new aloe pants. <laughs> Tatuski's family had not seen her since Monday of last week. Uh, the police announced she was missing the next day. The police said at the time she did not have her cell phone on her. That ah. is a major detail because wow, it seems like you could find her pretty easy with a phone. I have heard a <laughs> there was a time where I had a pilot about nine one one calls, real nine one one calls, and one of the calls we used in the pilot episode, true, a uh, real call was a woman calling saying that she had locked herself in her own car and it was getting really hot. It was in a parking lot. And the 911 operator is like, okay, and you're by yourself? Yes. And they were like, well, ma'am, can you unlock the car and get out? She goes, 
what? The battery's dead. She goes, but can you reach over and unlock the car door? And then you just hear silence for like (laughs) one and a half seconds. And she goes, okay, 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 I I can get out. She just (laughs) was so panicked that she forgot that she could unlock her own car door manually and called 911 instead saying her battery said she was locked in her car and she was going to cook, which makes me think that this woman maybe just panicked. But a week, yes. a week? there must be something more going on here. Something. How was it stuck? Yeah. Like I'm like, was it all the way? The mud must have been so high that the windows were covered. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like at that point you stop saying it's mud <laughs> and you start saying it's in a pond or a swamp, yes, or, a swamp yes. or a bog. bog. Like like think about what is that? Like that's 5 <laughs> feet Quagmire. deep of mud. What is this quicksand or something? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's beyond. the only <laughs> She took her family Lamborghini out to the state park and just ripped it around. (laughs) The littlest, the tidiest, flattest car. It has to be that low for it to make any sense at all. (laughs) What on earth? Okay, so I will give her a little bit of, uh, here's what, this is what you're supposed to do. This is the National Park Service says this is what you do if your vehicle gets stuck in the mud. Okay. The National Park Service advises people turn on four-wheel drive before you drive in sand or mud. It also advises as you use a low gear and keep it low with steady pressure on the accelerator. If you accelerate too much, that will dig your tires deeper into the mud. If there's no traction, blah, blah, blah. But it says you can also use solid surfaces like sticks or logs or your vehicle's floor mats underneath your tires in certain situations to get out. Mm. Love it. But this is what defends her being... You know, something she was having a day or a week. We can definitely say that. It is best (laughs) to stay with your vehicle and not abandon it, as a stranded vehicle is easier to find than a person. Oh. So maybe she knew this. Oh, she was also lost. Oh, she was also lost. Well, maybe she was lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Not there's just not enough details. Like I have to fill in all Mm. these blanks, you know? Like Mm. Mm. It's funny. They, gotta, they though, have to report it? more. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Her hovercraft ran out of gas, flipped upside down <laughs> in a bog. He had just so... gotten divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just, lost she her job. Um, are oh, you guys man. ready for another one? Tease us into yes. a final Rooney, I think. This one maybe. I don't know if this is even going to be a final Rooney. Um, Ooh, just a, a tidbit? Yeah, I have a bunch more. In Florida. America's flattest state, this man climbs to the highest points. <laughs> <laughs> this is banana of the week territory. This is banana of the week territory. Uh, he, I, I love this guy so much. Um, his name is Andrew Carr. Uh, his name is Andrew Carr, and beep, he beep. just, you know, he's really into... So this was in the Tampa Bay Times, first and foremost. It was written by Lauren Peace, um, best Mm. in the biz, hands down. Best in the biz, finds all the best stories everywhere. Mm. This guy is fascinating. He's... (laughs) He's <laughs> he plays French horn in the Florida Orchestra. He Great. speaks twelve languages, and his no. Yes, he's forty six, and his main and he's single, and his main not for long thing. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for long is right. And his main thing is, um, you know, peak bagging. You know, like they people go to like yeah. the highest places, and cool. you know, so. <laughs> 
And they grab that, they bag that peak. Yeah. Well, you got to bag that <laughs> peak up. But the funniest part is that in Florida sometimes, so he's going to the highest point in every county. Yeah. Uh, in Florida and working his way down. He's gone to like you know, 52 out of 60 of them or something like that. Okay. It makes me think the highest points are just the top of like water parks. Yeah. <laughs> Dunes, water so parks. So it has to be, fi- it has to be the, the ground. Physical. Or as okay. the floor, as the lady yeah. pool calls it. Um, <laughs> and, but like in Florida, oftentimes like the highest point is like the center of a parking lot at a Costco. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. like, I love this guy. There. I I love this guy. Like immediately, I'm like, this is wonderful. And then yes. other times, he has to like get a kayak and like go into the Everglades and like wow. hike and like and transverse and get up to like whatever a place that's like 15 feet tall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I find it like completely. Uh, what what a what a delightful man. This article, I do too. Mm-hmm. This article in the Tampa Bay Times. Okay. Literally, Five the pages. drop head. The drop head is, but why? Really, though, why? <laughs> oh, no. Yes, the whole article is like, what is fucking wrong with this guy? Nope. Wait. Opposite. Lauren Peace wrote this. Lauren Peace wrote this. <laughs> so it goes on and on. She describes him doing this like he is, uh, like a a lunatic, crazy man. That is like they never heard of someone doing something just because you know, and then here it is. Uh, this like is, there's this is ahead. true bananimal spirit. This is yes. what I want for all of our listeners everywhere around the world. <laughs> Find your journey. Do mm. this. This guy rocks. He has a yeah. hobby besides playing the horn. Besides speaking twelve languages, he picks something and he's doing it. It's we love results on this podcast. We yes. stand a king. We Truly, <laughs> there's a picture of him. So he takes the reporter on, like for to her credit, she goes on like one of his missions with him to get to the mm-hmm. highest point in one of the counties, and he's literally standing at the highest point. <laughs> it's just like in a bush, <laughs> in a field. <laughs> it's the funniest, thing. <laughs> and there's a photograph of it. Uh, uh. And I'm just, oh yeah, here it is. So then um, this is like, after all of that, after we go through and we visit with him, there's this, this is the, t- the na- this is the subhead for this part of the article. Okay. Lay bare your damage, exclamation point. Okay. Everyone wants to know why you're writing this article. Andrew's colleagues, Andrew's friends, Andrew's dad. Quote, so it's just like a story about the fact that he does this, one unnamed interviewee inquired. (laughs) While Andrew plows ahead, crossing off coordinates, you've embarked on an aimless search of your own. Why? Really, though, why, Andrew, would anybody spend their time doing this? At a news meeting, a colleague puts it more bluntly. What's this guy's damage? (laughs) I mean, this is insane. This guy is so awesome. This guy he just wrote this to like roast him. It's, a hit it's horrible. It's a, it is. It is so funny that the Tampa Bay Times is just like, they see a person doing something just because they think it's cool. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Exactly. What is like, wrong at, with this asshole? Yeah, exactly. Like this little like asshole likes to do something <laughs> nice for himself. What a bitch. That's like that's the, that's the like energy behind it. 
I know. Getting to know the state he lives in. I know. He doesn't deserve that. Let him go to TJ Maxx parking lot. Like it doesn't hurt anybody. It brings him joy. Awesome. Yes. It feels like the whole state of Florida is like, this guy does this. And when he gets there, there's no tits and there's no cars. (laughs) So why the fuck is he doing it? Yes. And he's not buying anything. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say this guy is easily banana of the week on the bananas podcast. Andrew Mm. Carr, bananas of the week. Andrew Carr, Woo! banana of the week, and get them all, and we're going to follow up when you get to every single one. We will do a follow-up because you found a strange passion, and you are taking it to the limit one more time. We love Take that. Take it to the limit, Andrew Carr. It's just that easy, folks. That's how you <laughs> And ladies, go date Andrew, or men, yes. whatever Andrew likes. Whatever Let him. Oh, he's gay, too. Yes, oh, he is. Gay. Yes. Oh, so he, I love him even more. I hope now. he finds his true king. Like, he deserves it. <laughs> I agree. Do the whole country together. Go to the highest part of each state together. What a romantic way to fall in love. Delightful. Truly. Delightful. Oh, well, we well did this it. was a fun episode. I laughed quite a bit. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lily. Same. Uh, Thank you so away. much. Plug, Plug away. away. Uh, well, okay, I should probably mention my show again on yes. July 23rd at the Elysian Theater. Please come. Mm-hmm. It's called Quit While I'm Behind. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a podcast as well on the Comedy Bang Bang Patreon, CBB Wonderful. World. And I'm on Hey Randy and then my show, which is This Book Changed My Life. So nice. awesome. subscribe and listen to that. This book changed my life with Lily Sullivan. Get on there, Bananimals, <laughs> and tell her. You came from Bananas Podcast. <laughs> yes. Thanks for being on, Lily. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bananas. Bananas.com. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.